What's up, everybody? It's your boy Alex Sherwick, and you are now tuned into the Soul Dope Podcast. How's everybody doing today? How's everybody doing today? Today is, I think it's July 9th, 2020. And, you know, I have a lot to talk about, y'all. I have a lot to talk about. If you could tell by the title of this particular podcast, whoo, listen, if anybody has been listening to me, this, this is my very first season of this podcast. If anybody has been listening to me and you notice what I said in the first in the first few shows, I talked about how after each show, you're going to have to vote me a Uncle Tom or a black nationalist, one of the two. And some of the things that I'm going to be talking about is going to ruffles people's feathers, is going to strike nerves, and there are going to be people that agree with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's going to be people that agree with me, and there's definitely going to be people that disagree with me. But here's the thing. This is my platform. I am going to talk about the issues from my perspective. Um, my hope is that you would listen, um, like actually give it an honest listen. Don't just say, well, I don't believe in what he's saying in the first sentence, so I'm just going to cut it off. So I just want to open up the show by saying um, that I want you to listen with an open mind with an objective mind. You know, I want you to put your sensationalized emotions away for the time being. Just listen. That's all I want you to do. You can disagree with me. And some of this stuff might make the people that are listening cringe for the most part. So you could disagree with me, but just listen to me. So all the emotions, all the sensations, just put them aside and just listen. Okay. so I think I titled this the I think I titled this black culture. And Terry Crews, um, Terry Crews has been in the media <clears throat> quite often lately. And um, I have been talking about Terry Crews this past week and I'm going to get into the, the the most recent interview he did with Don Lyman from CNN here soon. But I want to talk a little bit about cancel culture, like people have probably heard this Um ran throughout the media and the news on social media. And a lot of people don't know what it is or, or what it may be. And my question, you know, I think people should be asking, what is cancel culture? And in a nutshell, you know, cancel culture is when a person is boycotted or shamed for having an unpopular view or opinion. That is, that is essentially what cancel culture is. And if you notice, I put, the word black in front of cancel culture, um, because I'm looking at it from a perspective of where we are and looking at it to where I think we ought to be when it comes to issues in the black community. Um, I'll get into the whole black community only picking low hanging fruit here in a minute, but I'm, I'm looking at it from a perspective of where we are and where I think we are ought to be right now. So that's what cancel culture is. It's a nutshell when a per, uh, in a nutshell it's a per, it's when a person is boycotted or shamed for having an unpopular view or opinion. Now, there are some people who do not agree with misogyny, right? They don't agree with it. I'm talking about in the black community. They just don't agree with misogyny. That's not their lane. However, they will not 
and they have not canceled the likes of many of our superstar hip hop artists like Snoop Dogg, 50 Cent, P. Diddy, people who have created and made millions off of misogyny, off of our community, of, of calling black and brown women bitches and hoes. They have made millions off of that. So I only say that to say that we all have hypocritical tendencies, behavior and actions. All of us do. Even me. When you when you run the gamut and you run the loop, we all we're all going to have something that's hypocritical in our lifestyle or our thought process. There's just no way around that. And I take personal responsibility for um, areas in my life where there may be something um, there may be a hypocritical um correlation going on so um i want to definitely preface that because i don't want people to to get on this podcast and listen to what i'm about to say and think that i'm talking down to them right i'm not talking down to them i am talking to you and i'm giving you my perspective so recently i just saw trevor noah um, he said something in the interview that really, really, really got my attention. Now, no, Trevor, Trevor Noah is super, super literal, y'all. I mean, not literal. <laughs> I said literal. What is wrong with my words today, folks? Anyways, Trevor Noah is super liberal. He's a, a big liberal and he has his own talk show. He has a huge platform. Um, but he said something that really caught my attention. He said, some of the same. Now, what I'm about to say goes into the hypocritical lifestyles or thought patterns or behavior that we may have amongst ourselves. But him as a liberal, he said some of the, and, and this is him talking in response to being questioned about the black culture or the black cancel culture. And he said some of the same people participating in cancel culture believe um, uh, so how did he say it? He said some of the same people. Um, that believe in cancel culture, they want criminal justice reform. <laughs> and I thought about that for a minute. I'm just like, and I want y'all to think about that. He said some of the same people participating in cancel culture believe in and want criminal justice reform. So basically, what do we do with the people in our society that may have done some deviant stuff, Right. Well, in for the people that believe in criminal justice reform, we believe that these people should be rehabilitated. We also believe that some of them shouldn't even go to prison. So I correlate that. And that was that was I think that was brilliant that he said that. But it's definitely something to ponder on and think about. So recently on Facebook, I posted an article. Actually, it wasn't even an article. Um, I posted about four kids. I posted something about four kids that have been recently killed by gun violence here in America. Um, and what ended up happening was I, I basically learned about these kids death through the media, of course, and I did as much research as I can to read and learn about them as much as I can. I mean, of course I'm not going to know these kids, but I did find pictures of them. I decided to uh, crop those pictures and post them with a message on my Facebook about them. And Basically, you know, I was just I was just asking like, hey, you know, what about what about what about these black lives right here? That's what I was asking. What about these black lives? Because it hurt me. And immediately I was confronted with, oh, so you trying to marginalize Black Lives Matter? 
that's what people were coming at me like. <clears throat> and I was like, what? Dude, I didn't even mention Black Lives Matter in the post. And for me, that shows classic groupthink. I mean, without even sitting, listening and looking at what I posted. They just came in and uh, I'm not going to say attacked me, but they gave their point of view of the, the counterpoint. Basically, it's always a point and counterpoint. So they gave the counterpoint of, dude, you, you marginalizing BLM. Da, 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 da. Dude, I posted this because it hurt me and seeing the sadness of one of the parents gripped me so hard that I wish I could have just erased all of their pain right then and there. I wish I could have just erased all the pain. But here's the thing. I, I said and I think to myself, why am I getting attacked for bringing up a real legit issue that happens in our community? And I and I and I'm going to stick to this and I don't care who disagrees with me. Again, this is my platform. We have a serious accountability issue in the black community. A serious one. Why can't I talk about this issue? Right. Why can't I talk about this issue? Is it taboo or something? Is it illegal? I haven't seen any laws passed that black people can't talk about black people issues in the open, in the public. But again, that goes into the group thinking what people uh, uh, choose and how they think they they think they're they're free thinkers, but they're not. Right, because now they're trying to counterpoint what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is totally legit. The last person that wants to marginalize police brutality is me. I'm the last person. Not only the case of George Floyd, but many other cases before that and the ones that are going to come after. I am appalled by the stuff. I'm trying not to curse. I shouldn't curse, but I'm appalled by it. And um, and, and I'm the last person. You know, I want those babies. Here's here's the deal, folks. I'm, I'm going to just be real. I want those babies, those kids who were killed and those circumstances of how they were killed to get the same attention nationally and even internationally as George Floyd did. I really do want that. And people say, what you think they don't they don't talk about violence in our community in the media? No, they don't. They don't. They don't enough. How can I say that? I say they don't enough. They have, they'll put it out there like it's a speed bump or something like that. But you're not going to see no 24 hour, 24 seven coverage, seven days a week coverage of that particular issue. The media will not parade that around unless it fits their narrative. So if you look right now, you can see people that are on the right using um are bringing this issue up because they just want a counterpoint. It's not that they give a damn. They just want a counterpoint politically, right? They just want a counterpoint politically. And that's all I'm trying to say is take off your political t-shirts and take off your political hat and stop playing your little high school popularity contest as adults when it comes to this, <clears throat> but they're not going to post it under no, you know, in those terms, unless it fits the narrative. Now, um, like I said, of course, the right is sending it out because they want to say, see, look, black people kill black people, too. However, that is not my stance. That is not my personal stance. I'm not saying, look, black people kill black people, too. Right. So looking at everything, if you look at everything moving forward from George Floyd, 
everything that has happened in the past couple months from defunding the police, the protests across the world, the spark of statues and flags getting taken down, all this stuff. Look at this. Now, think about this. This stuff has been in the media nonstop. And this is not something that we haven't seen before. This is one of those media cycles. But think about if they showed the issues that I'm talking about, the violence in our community, just like they show what I call the low hanging fruit for us. Again, people are not going to agree with me. Like I said, you're going to give me you're going to call me Uncle Tom. You gonna call me a black nationalist. One of the two. But you be the you be the judge of that. But think about if they show these issues with the violence in the community at the same rate that they are showing all the police brutality stuff, all the protests, all that stuff. Think about it. They did that consistently. Right. And willingly. Someone will be forced to act, folks. Someone will be forced to act. I mean, look at what happened. Just let's just take the George Floyd example. Look at what has snowballed just in a couple months from George Floyd's death. If someone was to show these issues on a 24-7 consistent basis, like they actually gave a damn in the media, it's going to force somebody to act. They're going to be like, let me build a new school program in that neighborhood or in that community or housing or let's train the parents on cognitive behavior therapy to uh, cognitive behavior therapy to use with their kids. Let's teach them about finances. Let's teach them about growing their own, um, you know, their own food. Let's teach them how to use their hands. Let's teach them uh, automobile mechanics. Let's go in and give them those opportunities. Right. A whole lot could happen if they show this issue. But again, they're only going to give us the low hanging fruit. Of course, we're going to be extremely sensationalized to something that we have seen in the media, especially when it comes to somebody being brutalized and actually having the, the, the point or the opportunity of seeing them die right before your eyes. You see what I'm saying? To have them die right before your eyes. So somebody would listen, folks, somebody's going to have to act if they were showing this stuff in the media like this all the time, just like they're doing with police brutality um, and, and, and every other piece of low fruit that they want the black community to um, to basically pick and eat. Now, I'm using the analogy of low fruit because when it goes to <clears throat> when it goes to looking at the, the, the violence in the community and some of these other issues that we have, it's an uphill battle. It's not as easy as just saying, well, there's the video. The cops hate us. Cops want to kill us. The cops are brutalizing black men. They're hunting black men down. Which I don't I don't agree with that particular sentiment. And I'll, I'll explain that at another time. Um, and maybe me saying that has probably triggered some people. Like what? And I, I, I believe me, if you give me an opportunity and you stick around long enough, I am going to explain that 100 percent. Um, but yeah, seeing these issues, somebody would have to act. It's not right that those babies lost their lives. If y'all have y'all seen the interviews of the parents, one of the parents of the daughter of the of the one of the girls who was killed, who was killed in Atlanta. Apparently, from what I understand and what I've gotten the information, 
this could have changed since I've researched the story. But the story goes that the family, I guess they moved around a barrier or something at one of the sites where um, in Atlanta, near the site where Rayshard Brooks was killed and somebody opened fire on the car. That's pretty much all I know. Now, people can sit up here and argue with me and say, hey, you know what? Um, you don't know why they opened fire. It doesn't even matter. Obviously, this, the, the, the truth is that nobody opened fire on them. But you had an eight year old girl killed. But anyways, watching the I was watching the, 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 the what do you call that? The news interview. And I'm looking at the dad and the dad's emotional. The mom's emotional. And the dad says something now. Now, the dad, he lives in Atlanta. And I'm going to safely assume that he lives in an urban area in Atlanta. And he said, man, y'all took my baby or whatever. He said, I thought that black lives matter. That's what he said. This is a victim of these circumstances and of this behavior that I'm talking about. The same behavior that people come to me and say, oh, I'm trying to marginalize Black Lives Matter. This is the a dad. He's a victim. His daughter was a victim. She was gunned down at eight years old. You see what I'm saying? So that brings me like I, I, that kind of segues me into um, this whole thing called black on black crime. Right. That's a trigger word. That's a trigger thing. And people have used that as counterpoints from the right all the time. So I want to address that term black on black crime. I've had several talks with people um, who threw statistics in my face that said white people kill themselves just as much. And I said, you know what? You are 100 percent right. You're right. I, I, I understood it. I got that point. I listened to them. I researched it. So to be technically and politically correct for you. Right. Or for my listeners and and just in my life, period, I will no longer use the term black on black crime. I am only going to settle with violence, uh, the term, you know, the words violence in our community, because that person who 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 gave me that information was 100 percent right. And I evaluated that and I was like, you know what, man, because I'm not making a counterpoint and I'm and I actually give a damn about it. I'm going to go ahead and be politically correct and just for that person um, and change my language up a little bit because words do have meaning. So from this point forward, there's no more black on black crime coming out of my mouth. If I do, I slipped. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I think I'm going to more so be just saying that um, I will use the words violence in our community as opposed to black on black crime. OK, now the common argument against me bringing up violence in our community is that gun violence and police brutality are two separate issues. And guess what? I also agree with that argument. I cannot argue with that. Those are two separate issues. But this time I do have a question and I have a counterpoint and I don't. And, I, and, and, and again, I want you to listen to me and I want you to evaluate why I am asking this question as a counterpoint to them saying that police brutality and gun violence in our community is two different things. My question is, well, if police, uh, if gun violence and police brutality are two separate issues, then why don't we remove the LGBTQ movement from black lives matter as well? Because 
those are definitely not the same issues as police brutality. That's my counter question or my counterpoint or argument to what they're telling me. Now, that right there is going to piss a lot of people off for what I'm saying about removing the LGBTQ movement. Now, I'm going to do another show about Black Lives Matter and the organization and the philosophy <clears throat> that I know for sure. My perspective just may get people to just leave me all the way alone. But I want you to listen to me because I have some extremely valid points. So, yeah. So, yes, gun violence in our community are per se black on black crime and police brutality are two separate issues. But what's in the passenger seat of the Black Lives Matter organization and movement is the LGBTQ movement. So if I can't talk about black issues under the banner of black lives, other black issues under the banner of Black Lives Matter, then you're going to have to really explain to me how. Someone's sexual preference, right? Someone's sexual preference has to do with the civil rights of black people. Because here's the truth, folks. Here's the truth. <clears throat> Everybody want to be politically and technically correct. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I can't, you know, people are are opposing what I'm saying because they think I'm trying to marginalize and minimize something. I'm the last person that would want to marginalize or minimize anything. But here's how crazy that is. And, and, and my counterpoint of bringing the LGBTQ community up is here's the truth. I cannot take off my black skin. If we really want to talk about um, <clears throat> the circumstances in this country and my black skin and how people are treated just by the way they look. Right. I can't change. I cannot take off my skin. I don't even want to pull a Michael Jackson and pretend that I'm white. Right. Or maybe I should just identify as white right i mean maybe that's what i should do but anyways i cannot change my skin color but someone can change their sexual preference whenever they will regardless of their race so i don't see those things as equal so when people come to me and tell me you can't talk about gun violence or violence in our community because it's separate than police brutality then i say well what the hell is black lives matter doing with an LGBTQ movement in the passenger seat. Now I got a show that I am working on. Um, I've been writing some ideas down about the whole black lives matter and how I particularly, particularly don't support that organization. Um, <clears throat> hear me out now, hear me out before y'all start cutting me off. Don't press pause or don't, <clears throat> excuse me. Don't press pause or don't cut me off. I really want y'all to listen to what I got to say about that when I post, uh, when I publish that show. So, yeah. So anyways, enough, enough about that. There's always going to be points and counterpoints, but I, I can't, I can't lie. I'm a little offended when I got the group mob or the mob group, the people that do all the group thinking and think that they're free thinkers that, uh, that, that, that may, that may come to me and attack me in an opposing way. What I'm saying and you're telling me that I cannot talk about as a black person, I cannot talk about other black issues underneath, underneath the banner of Black Lives Matter. Now, that brings me into the second half of this show with the Don Lyman and the damn Terry Crews interview. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. This interview, 
I seen this interview was posted on social media. <clears throat> excuse me, I gotta get some water. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway, so listen, I seen this on social media. And the headlines were kind of really alarming to me. I hadn't seen a video, but I knew that Terry Crews was um, <clears throat> invited and talked on a whole bunch of talk shows in the black community. Um, actually, in the past couple months or so. So the, the, the headlines were pretty much like, hey, you know, Don Lyman and Don Lyman, if anybody doesn't know, he's an anchor on CNN, black guy. People were saying, oh, you know, um, Don Lyman uh, handed Terry, uh, you know, handed Terry Cruz's his ass. And, you know, he told him and he put him in his place, basically. And I was like, all right, well, let's check this out, because I know Terry has said some things and tweeted some things and he's had to explain that. So, first of all, I, I turned on this interview, folks. And the first thing that happens when the segment starts Don Lyman starts off by saying, oh, you done stepped in it now, Terry. Then I was like, man, this is about to go all the way down. Now, I have read as much as I can <clears throat> on Terry Cruz's most recent posts and tweets. I've read as much as I can. So there may be information at this point that I may not know. So please do not hold it against me. But I'm going to give you my perspective on what I've already researched. Right. Now, I will preface this as well by saying that he did tweet something along the lines that he doesn't want to get this. Um, he doesn't want to see this get to be so polarized that it becomes black supremacy, something along those lines. And I was like, what? And I think that's when that's when the sharks came out and got him. Actually, they were they were on his ass before that, but they really got on his ass after they read that tweet. However, I see his intent and his strive that he wants to. The message he's trying to bring is the message of unity. He's seriously trying to convey it. <clears throat> now, he might not be the most articulate person. Right. I agree. Terry Crews is no. um he know Barack Obama or somebody that's really cool with speaking and stuff like that. And maybe because of the pressure and the impromptuness of it, <clears throat> he's having a hard time getting his words together. But I, however, I do see his intent and his strive for unity in the message that he that he's conveying. Now, people have posted that they want him to just shut the F up. That's all they want. They just want him to shut up. These are black people. They want him to shut up. But why? What is my question is, why is it illegal to talk about these issues that he talks about. Why do we continue to do that? Again, does anybody remember what I said? What cancel culture is right? It's when a person is boycotted or shamed for having an unpopular view or opinion. Exhibit a Terry Crews. He has an unpopular opinion and he has a different point of view. But the question is, is what he's saying is not true. Right. Why do we continue to do that? I even, you know, I hear these people that say that they are free thinkers, but yet they still agree with only one side and never, ever sit down to listen to the other side. Never. That's part of that group think. It's part of that cancel culture, folks. Now, Don Lyman tells him that this is this was this right here. If you all remember what I just said in the first half of this, you know, when I was talking about all the points and counterpoints, Don Lemon says 
something to Terry Crews that just bothered the hell out of me. And this is my argument as well. Don Lemon tells Terry Crews that if he does not like Black Lives Matter, then he should start his own movement. What? Again, why can't he talk about another issue that's affecting the black community under the Black Lives Matter banner? He tells him, you don't like Black Lives Matter? Hmm? You don't like Black Lives Matter? Then why don't you go find your own movement? Why don't you go start your own movement? Don Lyman said, Terry, you are talking about apples and oranges. Agree. I agree with that. Apples and oranges. But I still don't get it. He's a black man talking about black issues. We're talking about black lives matter. Right. And Terry said something about, oh, you know, black lives matter is a great mantra. He agrees with the idea. Maybe what some of the intent of black lives matter is. <clears throat> But why can't he just say all black lives matter and talk about it underneath the umbrella of black lives matter? I know that this is such a mind screw. But to me, it shows just how when you re- look, people, I'm not just saying it. I'm saying this stuff out of my ass. Right. Listen to what I'm saying. I at this point now I want y'all to really start critically thinking about what I'm saying. Again, put your feelings aside and really critically think about does that make sense? Let me ask, let me ask the white people on here that's listening. Do you think that makes sense for someone to shame another black person for a black person to shame another black person who's talking about another black issue to want to talk about that issue under the umbrella or banner of black lives matter? Please answer that question because this is the most dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. And that right there shows me just how divisive. This movement is becoming when you got people that's talking about, yo, man, like, here's my message. Like, I'm trying to get this stuff, trying to get my point across here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for unity. Like, I see we got these different issues, but you're going to say black lives matter. But you're only saying it only matters when they're killed or brutalized by the police. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. Now, Terry, he said something very important. He said. Black, remember what I said at the beginning of the show? I said, we have an accountability problem in our community. And Terry said something important. He said, black people need to hold other black people accountable. Is there something wrong with that, folks? Is it wrong for other black people to hold other black people accountable? Listen, here's the truth. The truth is in in our community. And before I say this, man. Like I said, I want you to put your feelings aside. I want you to put your critical thinking hat on while you're listening to me. And I don't want people to think because I've already been called the Uncle Toms. I've already been called the coon, right? The traitor and all that stuff because of the, the perspective that I'm given, which is not untrue. So before I continue, I want you to really understand what I'm saying and that I'm not a traitor of my race. I'm not. Uncle Tom or a coon, because I'm giving you a perspective that you may have not thought about yet. So put your critical thinking hats on. This is not a knock to my own race, to my own community. That's not what this is. So the truth is, folks, we have secrets in the black community. And a lot of that is because we don't want to hold each other accountable for some of the things that's going on. We don't want to talk about sex abuse in our community. On a wide scale, we don't want to talk about the infidelity when our dads and our uncles 
sleeping around on our mamas and our aunties and having children with other women when they are married. Come on, y'all. I'm getting real here right now. There might be some black people listening to this and they probably pissed. And there might be some white people here talking about some. I don't like this guy at all. I'm going to just say there might be some liberal progressive white people who may be listening to me that may be down for the cause of Black Lives Matter or whatever. And they don't like what I'm saying. But it's coming from someone who's lived, grew up in communities that have all these things going on. And this is widespread across the United States. So don't get mad at me. Right. Don't get mad at me. You know, I think I seen I think I seen something that said people will. Um, people will attack the person that brings them the truth, but won't say nothing to the people that lie to them. So I want you to think about what I'm saying. Like, this is not an attack. I'm just being real about it. Right. I'm just being real. So in turn, you know, they you know, we don't want to talk about the gun violence and the senseless killings in our community, you know. And look, even even we sit here still and we we with the culture of no snitching in our communities that affect everyone. This ain't just no regular street code. I mean, everybody gets smothered with it. You know, let's say Miss Jackson was a key witness to a little girl getting killed in retaliation because her dad was in a rival gang. Man, these Negroes will go out to enforce that no snitching nonsense with an in, with an attempt to intimidate Miss Jackson and and probably even kill her. Do you understand the psychology of what I'm talking about, folks? These are issues that we are not. It's like it's like it's like a hot button. It's like things that people don't want to talk about. I want y'all to know that I'm not sitting here thinking that I'm the only one talking about this, right? Because I know for a fact that there are people in our communities, organizations who are working hard against gun violence and gang violence and working with people. But here's the thing. They're not getting their shine. It goes back to what I said before. If they were to show these organizations working and really in these communities, in the trenches with these with these communities and this violence and stuff like that. And they showed this in the mainstream media 24 seven, like they show us the police brutality and all the racism and stuff. Somebody would have to act. They're going to have to do something. I don't know what it would be, but hopefully it would be something productive and constructive. If they showed it enough, but they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn. Terry said, why can't it be all black lives matter? Hell, it's the biggest movement in the country. Why can't those stories attached with BLM? Why? Why can't they not? If anybody got any answers, I want y'all to email me at souldopepodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear from y'all. That's the question I'm going to leave y'all with. Why can't a black person talk about another black issue under the banner of Black Lives Matter? Send your comments in and I will address them in another podcast. I will talk about them again. My email is soul dope. S O U L D O P E podcast at gmail.com. Now check this out, folks. Someone, you know, in, when I was on Facebook, someone decided to, uh, someone said in a reply to what I was posting, they said that his comments are bad timing. And that he should wait for the sentiment to die down. What? They said this is bad timing and Terry Crews should probably wait 
for the sentiment to die down. Well, my question is, who in the hell is riding the wave? The black community as a whole or Terry Crews? That's going to be the second question I'm going to give y'all. Email me your responses if you want to. Please, I would love to hear from y'all. Soul Dope Podcast at gmail.com. If you got the time, please. That's the second question. The first was, why can't a black person talk about other black issues like gun violence in our community underneath the Black Lives Matter banner? That's question number one. Question number two is, triggered from someone saying that this is all bad timing from Terry Crews and that he should have waited for the sentiment to die down. The second question, folks, well, who the hell is riding the wave? Is it the black community as a whole? Is it Terry Crews? Because if that's what this is, then we are all stupid. We are all being duped. Like I said, the low hanging fruit. If that's all it is, by the time you finish eating the fruit, you wait for another one to grow. You pick that one and eat it. So if what we're doing is riding a wave, you know, and waiting for the sentiment to die down for people to start speaking about other black issues, when is a good time? That's the third question. When is a good time to speak about other issues in the black community? I didn't know it was illegal. I didn't know it was taboo that you couldn't do it. So here, here's the thing. I'm going to leave it at that. Y'all I'm going to end the show on that note. I want y'all to ponder these things again. Hopefully you stayed through the episode and you was able to listen to me and listen to what I'm saying, because there may be some people that are listening that can't stand Terry Crews and they don't even know why they think that he is opposing the Black Lives Matter movement and he's not. So we got to stop with this cancel culture because someone has an opposing view, point of view or an opinion from you. When you do that, you exhibit how divisive the issues that we're all fighting for actually is the movements. Right. And you also pull. You pull the you pull the blanket off of this whole group think. Now, any of y'all, I think I'm talking to a lot of smart people, people with degrees and careers and all that stuff. If y'all don't know what group think is, you need to go study it and evaluate yourself, because I'm going to tell you. It don't matter who you are, me included. We've all been subject to groupthink, no matter what. So I want you to study that. And I want you to reflect on yourself and see if you, if something, the way you behave in or something in your life is tethered to uh, groupthink. I really want you to evaluate that. So as always, folks, I'm going to end on a positive note. I said a lot today. Damn. Yeah, I said a lot today. But again. And lastly, love is real. Find a way to foster unity and love everywhere you are, folks. Do not be afraid to speak up when you see injustice and despair. Seek to find true balance and don't just stay in your box talking to people who will only validate what you feel and what you believe. To grow, we must challenge ourselves. I want to thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of the Soul Dope Podcast. Peace. Peace.